We still don't have a whole lot of details about what they're facing, so we are pleased to be joined now by someone who is an expert in this field. Jeff Bathurst joins us now. He's Director of Technology Advisory Services for the SC&H Group. Great to have you on. Appreciate you coming on the show. If you could, like I said, we, we didn't get a whole lot of details other than the confirmation from the school system the other day in their press conference about what they're facing. Do you have an idea of what they are dealing with right now? Well, good morning, Brian. Good morning, Tori, and thanks for having me on. Yes, I mean, in an, it, there's a, at a high level there, um, the first hurdle that they need to really clear is to understand the, the extent of the breach. You know, how expansive is this uh, ransomware attack? What systems are affected? You assume the worst, which is why when the text messages went out for, for um, people to not turn on machines or access their email, they were trying to curtail the spread of the ransomware. So first and foremost, they really need to get their arm. The first 48 hours, they're trying to get their arms around just exactly how much damage was done. All right, and that's really the first part. The second part is then they have to figure out, do they have their information backed up and was their backup affected by this ransomware? Okay, we see a lot of instances where uh, organizations configure their backup and recovery solutions um, incorrectly. And so in the event of a ransomware or a virus attack, the backups get affected. So with hopefully they have their backups isolated because it that that second point will determine how long of a duration this event will actually have one of the uh, things that we've been looking into is the fact that there was an audit of baltimore county's uh, school systems and the it department there were a number of deficiencies found one of those deficiencies was that there were public servers that were sharing the sharing an environment with private servers uh, there were other issues. To what degree uh, do some of those security deficiencies contribute to a hack like this? Well, um, they could be a significant contribution. I mean, the, I read the report, and it looked like it was a standard, regular financial controls audit uh, around their financial systems. And, you know, the, the findings that they had were around user entitlements, and access controls, and then to your point, Tori, the the uh, roughly a two dozen servers where they had they were public, what we call publicly facing, where the the public internet is using them, and in a standard configuration, the, anything that's facing the public is isolated, firewalled, and tightly controlled separately from the internal systems. And so that is a, that what I just outlined is a best practice and one that is a, um, the most secure type of configuration when you have uh, a need to put things out on the public internet. It could, I don't know the details of the breach um, in terms of how they got in, but that was certainly could, what we call an attack vector, that could certainly be one area that they are spending a lot of time focusing on to see if that's how they got in. So, you know, we obviously don't know what they have, but judging from what the Wall Street Journal reported the other day, this has happened to other school districts. And, you know, sometimes Social Security numbers are involved. 
Um, you know, the stuff that goes down on your permanent record for kids is involved. There's all kinds of stuff that this could be a giant nightmare for the system. What is happening now behind the scenes? Obviously, they're trying to figure out exactly how bad it is. But is there any type of negotiation with these people, you know, that, that want money? We don't even know how much money they want or if it's money they want. But what's going on behind the scenes, Jeff? So typically when in ransomware type of attacks and um, this particular one, the, I read some other reports where it's the what they call the Ryuk virus, R-Y-U-K ransomware. Um, and this group is um, has a reputation for basically um, reaching out and saying it's going to cost you this much to for us to give you your data back. And they don't negotiate. It's either they will you either get pay them or they'll just move on to the next target. And so what they really, what, where things are going on behind the scenes is like I said, the two things that um, I outlined earlier about the extent of the breach, but then the, their, their backup and recovery solutions, but they also have cyber insurance and they're working with the cyber insurance company, unlike Baltimore city who didn't have it and spent nearly $20 million remediating this issue, the cyber insurance company will drive this process. The cyber insurance companies, they provide not only legal expertise, but they also provide, they also have third party relationships where these third parties do nothing but know how to negotiate with hackers and exchange the ransom, which is almost always in, in Bitcoin. So the cyber insurance is a really, really important key here because they will not only, um, in order for the county to recoup all, uh, hopefully all of the cost or at least most of it from remediating this ransomware attack, they, the cyber insurance company has a process that you must, that you need to follow in terms of remediation, attestation, um, as well as if you, if they determine that, look, it's cheaper, yeah. it comes down to a money decision. If it's they, cheaper to pay them off than it is to you know, go through a costly remediation, that that option may be on the table. Yeah, well, just on that, do we know for sure that they have insurance? It is my understanding that they do, yes. Okay. So, you yeah. know, that that in mind, let's say that, let's say that they, they decide to, uh, you know, not pay a ransom and try to rebuild from the ground up. What does that process look like if they choose not to negotiate with the with the hijackers? So let's assume for a second that their backups are isolated and that the data has been backed up appropriately and it's not infected. Okay, that is going to be a huge time saver in terms of how long this event will will take will will transact. Um, they will have to again once they determine what types of systems were infected. Now the thing is with ransomware. They typically don't touch. They use the servers and the, in, the technology infrastructure to gain access. But what we have seen in a lot of cases is that they don't typically destroy those servers. They use them as a way to means to, uh, of egress, but they don't destroy them or ruin them. So it's really about the data. So if the infrastructure and the server infrastructure has been checked uh, by not only by their internal IT staff, but they will bring in third parties to do a forensics review as well. They will then determine if the infrastructure is sound and they have a separate backup that's is validated and, and clean, they'll restore that over a period of time. And without understanding how much data it is, it could be a day, it could be a week. How It just depends on how much data they have to restore and what systems are affected. So that's really the, in order to determine how where the posts are for this event. It's really determining the extent of the of the breach, and then do they have them? If they don't have good data, 
then they are, I mean, I'm sorry, good data backup, then this could go on significantly longer. We're talking to Jeff Bathurst, who's the Director of Technology Advisory Services for the SC&H Group, tech expert, talking about the ransomware attack on Baltimore County Public Schools. So a lot of teachers and even some students are concerned about their own personal information. Do these do these groups typically not care about that information? They're just basically holding you know, hostage the, the, the institution and looking for money? Or, or is that something that you know teachers and, and kids and employees of the school system should be concerned about their own personal information? Well, the, the the ransomware, I mean, as it as it's, as it's labeled, is typically in order to extort money to order to get access to your data back. Now, out of an abundance of caution, and determining what that once they understand what data has been was compromised, um, the, out of abundance of caution, they should you know probably consider you know, identity protection, identity monitoring. Um, determine if what we call PII or personal identity information was part of the compromise. Again, these are all things that may or may not reach the public um, um, in terms of information, but they need to really get a, a handle on it because we're talk- when you're talking with children, um, those identities um, in, in the dark web, they carry a lot of value because typically – children's identities aren't monitored until they're able to secure credit as an adult. Right. So they really need to, they really need to, to, to keep an eye on those identities and, and err on the side of caution and, and look at identity monitoring and protection. Quick question, um, jumping back to the insurance uh, issue. If there is insurance, do the results of the audit, does that have any role on that? So like if there were deficiencies and negligence, could that play a role in the, in the uh, dis- uh, insurance's decision to participate in this process? Yeah, the report really, I mean, the report highlighted the, the, the opportunities for improvement. Now, again, without understanding the details around the, the, those, those findings, it's hard to determine, you know, and, and make a, any type of comment about negligence at this point. So it's right. really, they will, they will review that report. The cyber insurance company will review the report since it is public. And that will go into in terms of once they get to a point in the conversation where they're talking about coverage and and reimbursement, they'll talk about those things. But for now, it's really an all hands on deck. And there are a lot of people who work for the Baltimore County Public School System who are going to be pulling some unbelievable hours trying to get this thing back on its feet. And hopefully it's going to be a shorter duration event than a longer one. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, uh, if if they don't you know, settle this, I mean, could this take months like it like we saw with Baltimore City or are we getting better with how to get out of these jams? Well, uh, Brian, again, I mean, I, you know, I don't mean to keep repeating. If that data back, if that data backup is, is good and it's, it's isolated and it was unaffected by this ransomware breach. This puts them 50% further ahead than it would if they're having to recreate things from scratch. Because as we saw with Baltimore City, there were things that they didn't get back, okay, because they didn't have the backups, they didn't have cyber insurance, and it took them months to recover from this. Um, it doesn't appear that the, the Baltimore County Public Schools are in that position. They have cyber insurance. Hopefully, the, the backups are, are available and clean, and they'll be able to start much further ahead in the process, but it's still going to be, um, you know, it's not something that will resolve itself in a few days. Yeah. That's for sure. 
Uh, I just let's ask you one question, and that is, you know, other school districts and, and what they should be learning from this, or do you think that Baltimore County was targeted for a specific reason? Or do they did they no, do they notice vulnerabilities, or could you, you know, or this could have happened to anybody at this point? Well, one of the things that we have noticed since the pandemic is that with remote learning, um, a, many of the school systems, both public and private, um, worked very hard and rushed to market the remote learning services because they were trying to ensure that the kids continued their education. Well, uh, invariably, they created security gaps when rushing something like that because remote access from the public internet into a public school system or a private school school system or even a, a, a work environment is a significant undertaking when it comes to ensuring that it's done securely. And so there's probably been 70 or 80 school systems around the country that have been breached uh, since the pandemic because the hackers know this is these are this is a ripe target because typically the there's um, um, there is a, it's all about opportunity and this and when you have an emergency and you're not prepared or you have to make drastic changes to your computer environment to address that emergency it creates risk and that and that's what they try to capitalize on. Yeah. Jeff, great to have you on. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, your expertise is fantastic on this. And uh, best best to you and the family as well. Thanks, man. Thank you. You too, Brian. I hope you guys both have a good day. Uh, Jeff Bathurst, Thanks. who's a tech expert, ransomware. He was on with us a lot during the whole Baltimore City fiasco um, and is, you know, uh, Director of Technology Advisory Services for the SC&H Group. It's been, been – now, the, the – the angle of the insurance is interesting, right? Because yeah. <laughs> th- that look, this has been popping up, and I remember Jeff talking about this during the, the Baltimore City thing. Is that look that there are companies that offer this insurance up, and um, it it may be wise to get it. It's going to cost a lot of money. Your question, and we got a text uh, question on this as well about you know what about the audit? Does that infect the insurance company? I would suspect you know this kind of stuff better than I do, Tori, having worked in in IT before. But I would suspect that if you're an insurance company, that you're going to have somebody go out and inspect yep. the network before <laughs> you actually insure them, right? You're not just saying, oh yeah, yeah, here's yeah. a five million dollar policy. You're going to look to make sure that they actually are are doing stuff to protect themselves before you offer them a policy. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, uh, time is going to tell. I just know that from some of the things that I said, and, and, and audits are designed to comb out really detailed. So, I mean, uh, to Jeff's point about being, you know, opportunities for improvement, it could just be that these are just areas. But I just from what I'm seeing, I don't know. I mean, if I, if I were an insurance company, I'd be like, wait a second, <laughs> hold on, you know, there's got to be some standard. It, honestly, it's like the equivalent of leaving like a wallet in the front seat and the doors unlocked. So I don't know. That's how it feels to me from the audit. But yeah, I'm not I'm not on the IT security side. So the experts better than I will mm-hmm. know <laughs> that could drag it out even more, you know, and, and time is of the essence with trying to get kids back online. And I know that there are going to be a lot of teachers and kids too, are going to want to know what about our own personal security? What are you going to do? I mean, this could be, this is going to be very costly one. one way or the other. It's going to cost the school system, ultimately the taxpayers money on this.